But today we're going to end our series called That Ain't No Bull. That Ain't No Bull. Okay, we're going to end our series. It's been a great series. I hope that you've learned a lot about the armor of God. And we've talked about it in Ephesians chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, uh, you can turn there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. But in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is teaching us about the full armor of God. And we parallel the full armor of God with what? The bull rider's armor. Right? And we looked at five, and then we looked at five pieces of the armor. The, the first piece was the belt of truth. Remember the belt of truth? If you didn't hear all these messages, you can go online, thousandhillsrangechurch.com. You can hear every message. But we talked about the belt of truth and how the belt, the truth, holds everything together. Just like it holds our shirt in, keeps our pants up, all that stuff, the truth holds everything together. Then we looked at the vest of righteousness. Remember uh, the bull rider wears a vest? We looked at the vest of righteousness. We looked at how if we will put on the vest of righteousness, we will be able to protect our vital organs. Just like that vest protects our heart and all that other stuff that's in there. When we live in righteousness, we protect ourselves. Even when the devil attacks, the truth will come out if we've lived in righteousness. And so we protect our reputation, we protect our character, and we protect the reputation of Christ, which is most important, right? And so the best of righteousness. Then we look at the boots of the gospel of peace. Remember that? Those of us that know Christ have found peace in Christ, therefore we need to share the peace that we found in Christ with the lost and dying world. And we need to have our boots on, strapped on, ready to go, so that we can share the gospel. And then we look at the barrel of faith. And I don't have a barrel, but a barrel man uses the barrel of the barrel to, to uh, protect himself, to shield himself. And the Bible takes, it says to take up the shield of faith. And we need to go to our faith. We need to run to our faith so that we can be protected from those flaming arrows of temptation. And then number five was uh, the helmet of salvation. Remember that? We looked at the helmet and how Bull Rider wears a helmet and he can save his face. And Maybe I need to wear a helmet for a while. Anybody got a football helmet? Any football coaches? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I'd look like a doofus, wouldn't I? Maybe I could get one of those just two bars right there. Or just one. Anybody got a snowboarding helmet? <laughs> okay. But, but we looked at the helmet of salvation and how Bull Riders obviously wear it to keep their, their, their heads safe. And we have to cover our minds, right, with the Word of God so that we can protect our minds. And then lastly, we looked at the knife of the Spirit, or the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we looked at how it, 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 we have to trust it. If I don't trust the weapon that I'm using, I'm probably not going to use it. Like a, like a rifle, if I don't trust the way that it's working, I'm not going to take it on a big hunt. You have to trust in the Word of God. You have to trust that it's true, or you'll never use it. If you don't believe the Word of God, then you're probably not going to use it. And so it has to, you have to trust in it. You have to have it accessible. Just like a cowboy has his knife accessible. So when, when he gets in a bind, he can cut himself loose. You have to have the word of God accessible. It, be, it needs to be in your mind so that you can recall it when the temptation comes. And then it has to be sharp. In other words, you've got to know the word of God. Just like a knife, it's only good if it's sharp. If it's dull, it's no good. Um, and we looked at why... Chewing on a calf is not a good thing. Remember that? Calf fries. Anybody know what a calf fry is? Some of you guys don't know what calf fries are. How many people don't know what a calf fry is? Thank you so much. Well, we'll explain that to you later. That's my six-year-old daughter. She'll think. Well, today we're going to look at the last weapon. The last weapon of the armor. 
Um, I don't know if you've uh, been to many rodeos or been behind the bucket shoots, but there's a, a cowboy in the rodeo scene that, that usually is the most praying cowboy of them all. And who is it? The bull rider. Right? I mean, the bull rider. Look at this. The, you, usually when you get behind the bucket shoots, you'll see a lot of this. You know why? Because every time that a bull rider gets on a bull, guess what? They take their life into their own hands. It's been known as the world's most dangerous sport, and I think it's true. Uh, it's not if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt. And here's the truth about bull riding. Um, every time that a, that a cowboy puts on his spurs, puts on his shafts, and ties himself to a bull, listen, he's tying himself to something that far exceeds his own power. Think about it. You got a 150-pound bull or 150-pound um, uh, cowboy on a two-ton bull. And every time he straps himself to it, he straps himself to something that far exceeds his own power. No matter the cowboy, no matter if he's big, no matter if he's strong, no matter what he looks like, the raw strength and the ability of the bull can hurt him no matter what. But, listen to this, the cowboy that, that finds victory is the cowboy that is prepared that is smarter, and that is protected, right? That's how that cowboy overcomes the, the, the opponent, which is the bull. Well, it's the same way as Christians. Listen to this. Every time we face the devil, guess what? We face a spiritual power that far exceeds, exceeds our human strength. You get it? Every time. And you say, well, how do I fight the devil? I mean, he's so powerful. I mean, he's the ruler of this earth. I mean, he, he, can, he can do things. I mean, he's got, he's got power. And if you think the devil doesn't, he does. Now, obviously, his power is limited to what God allows him to have, right? I mean, God is still in control. But he's a powerful, spiritual evil. And every time we face him, guess what? It's dangerous. It's dangerous. I don't know about you, but I like a little danger. Anybody like a little danger? My wife hates this when I go to this point right here. Because she thinks I'm going to get my kids hurt every time I take them on a horseback ride because we're jumping like three creeks, you know, or something. Or, or, we, or we do something stupid. But I like a little danger. I, I don't know about you, but I get a little fired up when I think of the wild cow milk. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to go, that guy's a pansy. He ran. That, you know, I, mean, I might run this time, but I, I'm hoping not to. Um, but, but here's the deal. I love a little danger. If you're like me, a little something that fires you up, it, it just it just kind of, yeah. I just want to get it on. Let's get it on. And maybe it was because I had two older brothers that beat the snot out of me every day of my life. Anybody have an older brother that just took his anger out on you? I mean, he, he did everything he could to make your life miserable. I had two of them. I had two of them, and they made me a little tougher maybe than I should have been. Um, and a little less compassionate. But here's the truth. I like a little danger. And guess what? As Christians, you don't need to be scared of a little danger. A lot of times what it does is it paralyzes us. And it keeps us from stepping out on faith because we're too scared. Listen, the devil is a dangerous being. He has the power to crush our hopes, crush our dreams, and crush our families. But... If we're prepared, if we're wise, and if we're armed spiritually, we can defeat the devil. Amen? Can I give a big clap on that? It may be dangerous, but it's a little fun. 
And if you'll approach uh, fighting the devil with a little fun in your heart and your mind, it just kind of, it'll fire you up. If you want to get fired up and you don't, you don't know how, come with me. Let's go do some of that. We'll, we'll go toe-to-toe a few times with the devil. And again, we don't wish fighting on anybody, but if the fight comes, we're going we're gonna to go toe-to-toe. Amen? We're not going to back down. Um, and, and so, listen to this. The, let's look at the weapon that all Christians need to defeat the devil. In Ephesians chapter 6, look at it with me. We're going to read this, uh, the whole deal at once and for the last time. In verse 10, it starts, and we're going to go through verse 20. It says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And listen to this. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Pray also for me. And Paul's talking here, the writer of this of this book. And listen to what he says. Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given uh, me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. As I should. Let's pray together and ask God to bless the rest of our time together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that... uh, it is clear on how we can defeat the devil. And Lord, as Christians today, some of us come to church and we're numb to this stuff. I mean, we've heard this stuff all our lives. And we get numb and we think, oh, no, not another sermon about something that I already know. Listen, I hope today, Lord, that you will prick their heart and that they will realize that there is a battle raging. And that if they don't know this stuff and if they're not abiding by this stuff, they are going to be attacked and defeated. And so renew our passion for you, and give us the strength to fight the fight. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, the weapon that we're going to look at today is the weapon of prayer. The weapon of prayer. You know, here's the truth. As Christians, we can put on this armor that we've talked about, but if we don't pray, guess what? We will not have the strength and the energy to wear the armor. Think about it. I mean, you can put on this armor, and it gets heavy sometimes. I mean, you got a helmet on, you got the vest on, I mean, you got those boots on, you got all that stuff on, and it can get heavy sometimes. Fighting this battle is not an easy thing. But here's the truth. Prayer is what brings energy and power to the fight. Think about it. I mean, you think, well, you know, I, I wear this armor all the time, and it seems like I'm defeated too quickly. It seems like the devil still gets a hold of me. Are you praying? Are you preparing for the battle by getting on your knees and asking God to strengthen you? Or are you just going out there just full board? Ah, let's go. 
and you're not prepared. Listen, you've got to pray. In, in the verses 18 through 20, Paul answers a lot of questions about prayer. We're going to look at four real quick. You ready? Number one is this. Here's the first question. Who can pray? Who can pray? Well, look at verse 18 again. It says, and pray in the Spirit. Now, now I know that you're going to say, well, well this is a really practical sermon. But if you just get a hold of this, this will be very powerful. So listen to this. Verse 18, and pray in the Spirit. Here's the fact about that phrase right there. I want, to, I want to stop right there. To pray in the Spirit, we must possess the Holy Spirit. Think about it. I mean, if the Bible's teaching us that you've got to pray in the Spirit, well, to pray in the Spirit, you have to possess the Holy Spirit. And you say, well, how do I possess the Holy Spirit? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Here's the truth. The Holy Spirit enters our life when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. The moment that you give your heart to Christ, the Holy Spirit enters your life and empowers you to do supernatural things. And you say, well, what's the job of the Holy Spirit? I mean, is he like Casper, the friendly ghost? Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that was another joke. You guys dead today? Do I need to throw my hat up here in this? Area. Listen, what is the Holy Spirit's job? You say, well, that's a bunch of hocus pocus type stuff. No, it's not. The Holy Spirit is, 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 is real. And if you know him, if you know Christ, then the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You say, well, what's his job? The Holy Spirit's job is to be our counselor, it's to be our guide, our conviction, and our helper. Listen to what else the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live in a supernatural way. Just like the devil's a spiritual being, we have to fight him with spiritual weapons, and the Holy Spirit enables us to do that. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to say no to temptation. It, it, we are able to say no to sin because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So listen to this. If you accepted Christ, then you've received the Holy Spirit. And here's the truth. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the weapon of those who have trusted in Christ and lived for Him. And the gift of prayer is the weapon. That's what I meant to say. The gift of prayer is the weapon of those who have trusted in Christ and lived for Him. And you may ask, well, what about those who have not trusted in Christ? I don't know if you ever thought about it like this, but as I studied this, it, it, it's, kind of a, it's, it, it's kind of hard to explain. But, but what about those who have never trusted in Christ? Do, can they pray? Think about it. Are their prayers heard? Uh, does God answer their prayers? Uh, I want you to think about that. And, and maybe some of these scriptures will help you out. Can I just say, say this before I, I get into the scriptures? God can do anything that he wants. <laughs> and so, well, as far as I can tell, the scripture says one thing. And, and I believe that it is true. God can do whatever he wants. If he wants to answer the prayer of a lost person, he can do it. If he wants to show mercy on someone who doesn't need mercy or doesn't deserve mercy, he can do it. Because he's God. But he, as far as I can tell in Scripture, a person who does not know Christ, their prayers will not be answered. Now let me back that up with Scripture. 
John chapter 9, verse 31. The blind man has just been healed by Jesus, and he's talking to the religious leaders, and they're asking, how did you get healed? Listen to what he says. When we know that God does not listen to sinners, and the word sinners there is not a Christian that has been saved. It's the lost. It's a person who does not know Christ. And it says, we, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. God answers the prayer of the believer, but not the lost person's prayer. Listen to Isaiah 59, 1, through two, or one, 1 and 2. It says, surely I am the, or the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear dull to hear. But your iniquities or your sin have separated you from God. Your sin has hidden his face from you so that you so that he will not hear. Again, because of a lost person's unwillingness to trust in God, their sin separates them from God's ear. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Proverbs 1, 27 and 28, God has offered, listen to this, God has offered his forgiveness to these people, but since they have rejected him, listen to what God says. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when the disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but I will not, but will not find me. You say, does God answer the prayers of the lost? I believe that Scripture teaches us that he doesn't. Now again, you, you say, well, you would say, well, so-and-so, they're here. I mean, we know they're not a Christian. They, they, don't, they don't believe in Christ. They've said that they don't believe in Christ. How are they so blessed? How do they get out of so many binds that they get into? And here's my answer to that. Because someone that knows Christ is praying for them. Think about it. You may have been that, that son that was living you know, for yourself and, and was living like a heathen and your parents were praying for you and that's the only reason that you're alive today. Think about it. Here's another truth. God doesn't answer the prayers of doesn't answer the Christian's prayer that is living in sin and knows it. This one's, this one's for all you Christians out there and myself. Listen to this. God does not answer the prayers of those that are living in habitual sin. Look at Psalm 66, 16 through 19. Come and listen. All who fear God, in other words, all who know God, let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. But, listen to this, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. You know what the scripture shows? That unrepentant sin can block the fellowship that we have with God. Now, does sin cause us to lose our salvation? Absolutely not. But it does block our fellowship. Have you ever been there when you thought, man, I keep praying, and it just seems like there's a ceiling that keeps blocking my prayer? Can I tell you what that ceiling is in a Christian's life? A lot of times it's sin. Here we are. We're praying. We're saying, God, help. God, do 
we have in our life keeps us from having our prayers answered. I mean, it's proven right there. If we cherish sin in our heart, if we're living in sin as a Christian, our prayers are blocked by our own sin. You know what another sin that, that God talks about in Matthew chapter 6, and it's not on the screen, but if you don't forgive, guess what? He won't forgive you. Read about it, Matthew chapter 6. And you may say, well, well, if Jesus doesn't hear the prayers of the lost, then how do they get saved? You ever thought about it? I mean, how does a person come to Christ if they don't have the Holy Spirit? If Jesus doesn't hear their prayers, here's the truth, and I want you to get this. He always hears the prayers of repentance. He always hears the prayers of someone that is reaching out to him and needs salvation. You say, well, how do they get saved? Obviously, the Holy Spirit has spoken to them, even though they're not saved. The Holy Spirit draws them to Christ, and therefore, when they cry out to God, He hears their prayer. Romans 10, 13, For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so you're here today, and you're thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not a Christian. How will I ever get saved? He will hear your prayer. You just have to call out to Him. Here's number two, the second question. What can we pray for? You say, what can we pray for? Here's my answer. Anything and everything that is according to God's will. Think about it. Is it according to God's will? Look at Luke chapter 9 or 11, verses 9 and 10. It says, so I ask you, ask, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and him who knocks, the door will be opened. If we will ask for it, he will give it to us if it's according to his will. And I know what some of you are thinking, man, if I just ask, man, he's going to make me a rich man. I wish that was true. Man, if I just ask, he's going to give me that big old house. If I just ask, he's going to give me that boyfriend and that girlfriend. If I just ask, he's going to do this and do that. No, listen, he promises that he will answer your prayer according to his will. And you need to remember that. A lot of times you're like, hey, why doesn't God answer my prayers? Maybe it's not according to his will. And you need to just trust in him. And so it's got to be according to his will. And in this scripture, in Ephesians chapter 6, guess what? We can pray for the power to defeat the devil, and he gives us the power. Listen, maybe you're like me and the devil attacks your mind. He attacks your mind. Here's, here's what I want you to do. Pray. The only way that I can overcome it is when I fill my mind with God's word. And when I pray. And I ask God to overcome that attack. And when, you, when the devil attacks your kids, guess what you need to do? You need to get on your knees and pray. When the devil attacks your marriage, guess what you need to get on your knees and do? You need to get on your knees and pray. Guess what? When the devil tempts you to sin, you need to pray. When the devil attacks your body and he attacks it maybe with some illness and, and, and it's, it's something that's it's overtaking your body, you, listen, if it's according to God's will, you can pray and God will heal you. If it's according to his will. Here's an example. And I, I, I didn't tell him I was going to say this. Kenny over here, my buddy Kenny over here, was in the hospital all week or for a few days this past weekend. Went to the hospital bleeding. Um, don't want to go too far into that, but went to the hospital bleeding. They, they did all certain kinds of tests, and they couldn't get to uh, where they needed to to check him out. Well, when they got there, guess what? 
They said it had healed itself. It had healed itself. Yeah. And because I know Kenny and because I went and saw Kenny and because I prayed with Kenny, I believe that the doctor was right, that it did it did get healed, but it didn't heal itself, that Christ and God had healed his ailment. And I believe that. Now, here's the statement that all of us get in trouble with. We think that he's always going to be healed. And we think that he'll never have that again. And we pray that he doesn't have that issue again. But listen, if he does, we still got to trust in God. Amen? We still got to trust in God. God has prolonged his life and allowed him to live. And until he's ready for him to go, he needs to still continue to live for Christ. If it comes back, he needs to still continue to live for Christ. Again, it's all according to his will. We can make these blanket statements like, I'm healed. And I'm never going to deal with that again. But a lot of times it comes back and God can still get the glory. And so think about it. The devil can attack. But if we will pray, he can even heal our body. Number three is this. When can we pray? Look at verse 18 again of Ephesians chapter 6. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. You say, when can I pray? You can pray at any time anywhere. And you say, well, how do I pray on all occasions, like, like the scripture says? Listen, here's what, here's what I do. Every decision that I face, and, and not every decision, I pray that all, a lot of the decisions that I face, I pray about them before I make them. And here's the truth. If you will ask God and say, God, give me a remembrance to pray when I'm faced with that decision, guess what he'll do? He'll help you remember to pray. When you're, when you're speaking to that buddy of yours and you're riding horses and the guy asks a spiritual question, if you'll in that moment pray and say, God, give me the words to say. You don't say it out loud. Say it in your heart. Guess what? God will give you the words to say. Every time he comes up, every time that something happens, you can ask God and he will deliver. In verse 18, the last part of it says, pray all, in all kinds of prayers and requests. And you say, well, what does that mean? All kinds of prayers and requests. Well, pray prayers of thanksgiving, pray th prayers of praise, prayers for power, praise, prayers for protection, prayers for provision, and prayers for opportunities. All kinds of requests. Sometimes we get focused in on ourselves, don't we? And we don't pray for anybody else or anything else. Listen, we need to pray with all kinds of of request. And, and you say, well, who, who do I pray for? And it shows us. In, in chapter 8, or in verse 18, it says, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. And you say, well, who are all the saints? Well, they're all the other Christians that know Jesus personally. We're to pray for them. Now, again, obviously we are to pray for our fellow friends that believe in Christ, right? Listen to this. I'm almost done. I know you've been here for a while, and, 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 and I've been here longer. <laughs> Listen, it teaches us that we are to pray for the saints. In other words, we're supposed to pray for our fellow Christians, those that are on the battle lines every day, fighting the good fight. We are to pray for them. We are to ask God to bless them. We are to ask God to empower them. And if you want somebody to pray for, pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for the band. Pray for all the workers, the teens that are giving their hearts to Christ, the people that are, that are living it out. Pray for protection. 
Pray God's blessing upon them. And pray that, pray that God would use them. But here's the truth. And I, I always want to go to this. And, and, and I want you to listen to this. A lot of times, churches, they get so inwardly minded that all they do is pray for the broken toes. Sorry. Matt broke his toes this past week. They pray for the broken toes and the lost dogs, and they forget to pray for the lost that are dying and going to go to hell if we don't share the gospel with them. And so listen, our church does a great job of, uh, in our prayer ministry. I mean, Terry and Joyce do an amazing job. But it, listen, if we just get inward focused and we worry about all the ailments that are attacking our church and we don't pray for the lost, we don't pray for our lost friends, we're missing the point. I get prayer requests all the time about so-and-so sick, so-and-so's this, so-and-so's that, but I hardly ever get a prayer request that says, so-and-so is lost and they need to know Christ. Pray that God would use me to reach them. Hardly ever get that one. Maybe that needs to be your prayer. Maybe you're the, the Christian that I'm talking to right now. And you're inwardly focused. I mean, you're focused on your ailments. You're focused on your kids. You're focused on everything internally. And you're not focused on the loss. Here's what I do. And, 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 and just, I, pray, I just, again, have fun with it. When you walk around or you're riding your horse and you're on the trail ride and you're doing your thing, pray for the person you're riding with. And just look at him and look weird at him. I mean, just look at him like he's weird. And, and he goes, what are you looking at? Oh, nothing, man. And just pray for the guy. Pray for that girl that's ordered at your restaurant. Pray for that person that, that comes up and it's your waitress. Pray for them. Ask God to use you. And listen, when you do that, guess what? God's going to give you an opportunity to share your faith. So be ready. You pray for it, he's going to give you an opportunity. And then you're going to wipe your pants because you were so scared. And then he did it. Listen, we, we can pray and we're to pray for the saints, but we're also to pray for the lost. And we're, pray, we're to be diligent in praying for those. Look at Paul's prayer. I mean, look at 19 and 20 and I'm done. I promise. Pray also for me. Listen to the Paul's prayer. That whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare fearlessly as I should. Guess what? Paul's in prison. Did you realize that? I mean, he's writing this letter to the Ephesians from the jail cell. And guess what he prays? He doesn't pray, God, get me out of this jail cell. No, what does he pray? He says, pray for me that I may be a witness in this jail cell. Listen, Paul's our example. Christ is our example. We need to be praying for opportunities, and God will give them to us. Here's how I want to close. Do you have your armor on? But you don't seem to have the strength to carry it for very long. Maybe it's because you're not praying. Do you fight the devil, but you don't always seem to win? Maybe it's because you're not praying. Do you want to be ready for the next fight before it comes? Here's my answer. Pray. 
Prayer is the greatest and the most powerful weapon that we have as a Christian. And when the bulls of life come, we need to be armed and ready. Let's pray together. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm going to close this in a word of prayer in just a minute. Maybe you're here today and you you, you don't have the, um, the privilege of prayer because you don't know Christ. Maybe you need to say that first prayer, which is that prayer of repentance. And again, that, that prayer is the prayer where you say, you know what, God, I want to know your son personally. I want you to come, and I want you to cleanse me of my sin so that I can know you personally. You say, can he forgive me of my sins? Absolutely. You say, Yoba, I've done so much, and I don't know if he can forgive that. He can do it. And so maybe today you're that person who doesn't know Christ yet. You've never given your life to Christ. You've never given him your heart. I mean, you come to church, you may have been to church a few times, but you truly have never started a personal relationship with Him. Today you can do that. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this, If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, in other words, you claim it, and you say, okay, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And then it goes on to say, And if you will believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess and truly believe it in your heart, and you will be saved. Listen, if that's you today, maybe you just need to do that right in your own chair right now. You say, okay, Lord, I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life so that I can possess the Holy Spirit in my life, so that he can strengthen me, so that I can fight this fight. Listen, if you just did that, maybe for the first time, or you've done that in the past and you've never made it known to anybody, listen, we want to know. And we're not going to invite you to the front. We're not going to embarrass you. All we ask you to do is fill out that orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, and we will contact you. It's that easy. Don't let the devil tell you you don't need to do it because you do. We want to help you fight this battle. Now, maybe you're already a Christian. Can I ask you this? How's your prayer life? Do you pray on all occasions? Do you pray for your fellow Christians? When was the last time you prayed for someone besides yourself? When was the last time that you prayed for your lost friends? God wants to use us to change this world, and we can do that through prayer. Lord, I thank you that we do have the privilege of, of knowing you. And Lord, I thank you that those of us that live in righteousness, those of us that, 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 that desire to live for you and live our lives to honor you, you hear our prayers. Your, your word promises that. And so Lord, may we be faithful and may we live in righteousness so that our prayers can be powerful and effective. Lord, and for those that maybe don't know you personally, I pray for them right now. I pray for all the people that are in this room right now who have never truly trusted in you. I pray that you would convict them through your Holy Spirit and they would realize that they're in need of a Savior. 
A Savior that can give them life. Not just eternal life in heaven someday, but abundant life on this earth. And so may they not give in to the devil, but may they say yes to you today. But we thank you for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you're going to do. And may you go with us as we leave this place and give us the strength to fight. It's in your name I pray. Amen.